action. Welcome to Torn Stubs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, Joshua has recommended a film that I've not yet seen. For this episode, Joshua chose Pride, directed by Matthew Walkers. Joshua. Pride is a 2014 historical drama inspired by the real-life miners' strike between 1984 and 1985. It sees a young gay man, Mark Ashton, played by Ben Schnetzer, form an alliance called LGSM. Lesbians and gays support the miners, in a show of solidarity that he hopes will also gain momentum for gay rights. This is a story of how that friendship ended up benefiting both causes. Rob, what did you think of Pride? I remember when it came out, and I remember thinking... I'm not seeing that. <laughs> that looks like some sort of like Richard Curtis working title schmaltzy bullshit. So when you chose it for this, I was a bit reluctant. I was like, oh, fine, okay, I'll watch it. And I found myself really falling in love with this film. Yay. <laughs> and it wasn't so much the film, because I think there are some issues there, but... It was the story. The story's really, really good. It's just, it's just, it's just a, a wonderful piece of relative modern history that I wasn't aware of that I think is important for people our age and younger to, to, to watch, to learn, to understand what it was like. When that was all happening, I was only one years old. You were barely six I, months. I was six months old, yeah. Yeah, so that completely passed us by. We don't even have any first-hand knowledge of that, even just listening about it on the telly or reading about it in the newspaper. So it's wonderful that I get to almost relive that through this film. Yeah, it's like, it's a fascinating pocket of British history that it's almost like too weird to, it's like stranger than fiction. It's like, it's so weird that you don't really know, can't really believe it happened. Yeah. But it's such a lovely idea because like at heart it's about prejudice and, and how pride and prejudice and and how if you're prejudiced against that doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't in yourself prejudiced. Like I'll never understand. This is one of my big things that I'd never understand is why is why certain people who are prejudiced can't can't empathize about can't empathize with people who are prejudiced for another reason. So I'll never understand racist gay people. I'll never understand okay. homophobic black people. Yes. Because surely there's a commonality in experience where you go, shit, you're downtrodden. You're being treated unfairly. Hey, I am as well. Maybe we should be friends and not let this happen to either of us. Yeah, I get that. And that's what this film captures beautifully is this idea that two on the surface very different communities both struggling both prejudice against both down down at heel finding a way to support each other in a way that actually really does benefit both in the end there's that scene on the i think it's about half an hour into the film where the geese have gone over to uh glen morgan 
and Di is showing them around a few like that's the castle that's the hills and they're walking along this this bridge I think and Di says to Mark um, I'll show you when we get back but there's a a, a picture I've got of um, the labour movement logo which is two hands meeting and he said that that's us you know we're from we're from opposing sides I'm paraphrasing here this is not he wasn't as um, ramshackle as this <laughs> um he was saying that's us we're, we're two opposing sides and we're meeting and we're we, you know we're holding hands we're, we're bridging the gap and that that thread is is wonderful all the way through that yeah. film that they never they never expel each other yeah and it kind of explores that in a number of ways and one of them is that there's a woman who kind of seems to be like the head of the the miners union or whatever in uh where are they in wales uh glenn morgan Morgan, yeah and she's uh oh yeah so lisa palfrey plays maureen barry who's um a widow and she's against the support of the lgsm and she's very kind of cold and kind of angry and passive aggressive and her two sons are also physically aggressive about this um and that's kind of one that's kind of one side of it but then you get another side which is lovely which is mena trussler as gwen as this like coke bottle glasses wearing old pensioner who's like where are the lesbians yeah what do lesbians are they what do they eat and things like that Oh, I, I want to ask you a question about uh, lesbians. I need something cleared up because someone told me something down the market. And it was quite and surprising. Like, now's not the time. Now's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've just arrived. And her reaction to finding out they're vegans is just kind of, huh. So it's like it's, this lovely curious curiosity versus non-compliance, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you can often find that. You can often... It, it almost like defies your expectation where you... You know, I've been in situations. I think, oh, well, they're not going to like the fact that I'm gay. But then they just become like really curious about about it, and they're more accepting. And they might say the wrong thing, but it's not from a, a place of hate. It's it's from a a place of they just don't know. They just didn't mm. know. And if you correct them, they're very open to to hearing the fact that oh, bugger, I didn't I didn't mean to offend. Yeah. So it was really lovely to see that in this film there's another there's an aspect in this film which is also nostalgic and I, I get that it's a film but I would love to be able to time travel to go back to that period of of LGBT history because it seems really exciting to you know be on not just on a pride parade but they were actually on a march it was a political thing it was it was you know, fighting and, and standing up and being aggressive, not oh, it's become a Mardi Gras. It wasn't that. It was it was it was it was almost like fighting for your life and actually fighting to stop the government from completely eradicating you, from ignoring you. There's something really exciting about being part of that that I feel because I was born in the eighties and I grew up pretty much oblivious to most of it until I went to university and learned all of this and by that time we got a lot of acceptance yeah we're kind of like with a privileged generation in terms of being gay men where i definitely have been i have experienced prejudice and i have experienced people not being okay but when you experience those when you encounter those people who kind of 
you know, throw condoms at you in the street or yell at you outside a gay bar and stuff Someone like threw that. Threw condom at you in the street. Oh yeah, they, it was. It wasn't nice. Um, oh, used or no, they weren't used. So that's a good thing. Okay, but but you kind of you go well. They're the minority, so I can't imagine how awful it would have been when they are actually the majority and you are being routinely told that you are a pervert, you shouldn't exist, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. That, that must have been horrific. It's easy for us to look back from our privileged position and say, oh God, to have, you know, something to fight for and all of that. Like, yeah, I guess it's nice to have, you know, that would have been exciting, I guess, but also it would have been absolutely horrific as well. Absolutely, so, but isn't that what these sort of films tap into? That yeah. excitement or the way they put the... Um, presented that it was an exciting time to be things like this milk um, mm. bits of Stonewall that I've seen that film that Roland Demerick yeah him yeah. Um, but anything set in the 80s ever like oh Mrs. Thatcher go away that kind of stuff yeah. it was, it's, it's quite exciting well it's our history I know it's our history yeah. but also in a weird way we're experiencing shit like that now well, it, just as a society, you know, yeah. there's a lot of anti-austerity um, sentiments at the moment. There's anti-Trump, and in twenty anti-Europe, yeah, and and, and anti-Brexit, um, and in twenty thirty years' time, pieces of 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 art, film, or whatever will be made that reflects back on this period that we're living in now. Maybe it's with hindsight that it becomes, oh wow, that would be great to be part of something. Well, because sometimes I feel that about the war. <laughs> like, you look Which back, one? Well, one of the wars, like World War Two. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just say World War Two, and how they had there was that such a strong sense of community. Yeah. Because it's you versus external forces, and it's very easy to look back at that and kind of go, "Wow, like, oh man, they- everyone came together, and it's like, oh, it was so lovely. Everyone supported each other and gave each other like cups of sugar and butter and all this kind of stuff. And it looks really lovely, but I mean, it would have been awful. Yeah. I feel like maybe where we are now is is um, is where maybe trans people are struggling against the prejudice that gay people did 20 years ago. A hundred percent. And thank God that trans people have the support of the gay community because yeah. if they didn't i think they would really be in in trouble yeah um not to kind of toot our own horns or anything but but that's a lovely thing about the gay community is oh 100 well, they can they can jump on the backs and we can yeah we can carry them over because we've 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 been there we've done it we know yeah. the way through yeah you know we we know like at the the end of pride when they said it can't all be about aggression you've got to compromise that's how you get things done mm. And I think that's that's been the route through, mm. you know, Stonewall, the the charity, have they put on their suits and they mingled and they went and spoke to the people in Parliament and they had people who were members who were part of Parliament. So the the laws got changed that way. Mm. Whereas on the other side, you had like ACT UP and Peter Tatchell who were more about protesting and and being aggressive, and that got the word through as well. So yeah, so it's lovely that you know. I think trans people are getting more and more exposure and more acceptance, probably actually a lot quicker than than gay men did and, and lesbians. Yeah. Um, the central character in this film, Mark Ashton, I didn't get a sense much of who he was further than angry protester. I was going to say, who do you think is the main character in this film? Because it is an ensemble. It is. But who are we actually following through this story? So there's, for what I took, there's 
Mark Ashton, who is the first character we see that we stick with. Then there's um, Joe Bromley. Bromley. <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's um, Jonathan Blake and Geffen. They own Gaze the Word, and they still do. Um, and then there's Di. And the the curly-haired Welsh lady who became a member Sean. of Parliament. Yeah. Sean. So those are kind of the ones who... Um, I guess you could, at a push, say they are the principal cast. Then the supporting cast, you have Bill Nye. You have um, maybe Melody. one of the... Maybe the, the lesbian with the ginger hair mm-hmm. who reminded me of Toya Wilcox. Faye, Faye Marseille, she plays Steph. And yep. that might be it. Melda Staunton. But... but yeah, but she's, she doesn't have an arc. She's just there to... to Make be a Melda's daughter and she's fantastic joke. in it. Oh, we just got to Swansea for a les off. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant lines. Um, but in terms of Mark Ashton, aside from being an angry protester, we didn't really see much of what he did. When he buggered off, when when he was like, oh, piss off the lot of you. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. He was Scottish. Oh, he wasn't, he was Scottish. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was Irish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, piss off the lot of you. Do what you want. And he buggers off. I wanted to go with him at least for mm. a bit because I was because they were starting to bring into the storyline the idea that HIV and AIDS was a thing at the time, the epidemic. Well, that's the thing that um, Maureen is is like so against. She's like, I'm scared of the AIDS, and that's that's why she's so angry. But it was brought in not as an attack, but mm. as an as a reality. Mm-hmm. Russell Tovey's um, uh, cameo was him pretty much saying. I'm dying. I'm I'm done. This is my this is my my farewell tour. Yeah. Um. And Mark buggers off, and then the next time we see him, it's when the miners have gone back to work, and he's just stood there in the street, and Joe sees him, Bromley sees him, and it's almost like a ghost. He's gone. I want to know where did he go, what did he do, and what was going on because I wanted him to be more of a a rounded character, more than saying. You know, we support the miners. We've got to do something. Let's get some buckets, this, that, and the other. Mm. I would have liked to see seen another level. I agree. Yeah, especially when you get that sucker punch to the gut at the end when you discover he died age 24. Yeah. Which is really, On my really... birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Really upsetting. Um, Not and, to make it about me, but that's no, probably the 11th. No, there we go. Send in your cards <laughs> and your presents. Uh, yeah, it's just sad because... Yeah, we... There's a film about something that he very much kind of launched and yeah. felt passionately about. And we don't really get a sense of who he is by the end of the film. Yeah. Um, which, and Ben Schnetzer is a fantastic actor and he's great in this role. What else has he so, been in? He was in the book Thief. Uh, he was in that film Goat about hazing, American hazing. I haven't seen that. Uh, I think it's on Amazon. He's been in lots of things. He's great. I, I really think that Ben Schnetz is like the guy to watch. I really think that in the next couple of years, he's going to do some pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, he's in a boom. Um, he, was, he was brilliant in this film. I think he, yeah. his performance was, with, with the character and the script that he was given, he excelled. It's just a shame that he wasn't given anything other than let's get posters, let's fist in the air, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that played Jonathan Blake... Um, Dominic West, lovely. He was great. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, his dance, his, <laughs> his dance dancing. routine was brilliant. Yeah, because he was—he's like 
at that time he i think he was making uh the affair which was he played this really like oh it's a tv series on hbo and he played this kind of awful cheating um writer who's just like a typical depressive writer who just goes around fucking everything up um so to do that and then right on the tails of that to do this where he's very flamboyant and lovable and just cheesy good fun but there was a depth there because you understand that he is that way he's looking to enjoy life to the full because he Mm. is patient number two and he doesn't know how long he's got yeah and even says they don't know why i'm living so long Mm. he's the second person ever in in the uk to be diagnosed as hiv positive Mm. um or what they call full-blown aids and he doesn't know why so he's seizing every single moment yeah there's something really emotional stuff in there like with with and it this is the great thing that British cinema does particularly well. Yeah. Is understated big emotion. So like, you know the scene I'm thinking of, right? I know the scene you're thinking yeah. of. And it is the, yeah, it's the, the most subtle, quiet coming out scene. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's, it's just It's Bill Nye. Sandwiches. Bill Nye <laughs> and Melda Staunton sitting together in a little kitchen, buttering bread. And it's one shot. Yeah. One, one shot. Off really quiet. No music. And he says, I'm gay. And she kind of and pauses. But as a bit, Bren, I know. I've known since 1964. No, no, no. She, he was like, was it when the gays arrived? She <laughs> went, no, a bit longer. I've known since 1968. <laughs> it's so lovely. And the film has lots of little moments like that where it could, if it was in America, it would be kind of, oh, God, guess what? I'm gay. It would be I hate the Oscar myself. Moment. Yeah. Because I've spoken about this before on the podcast. You have these Oscar moments where the big strings come in and the music swells up and everyone's like, ah, I'm so gay. Yeah. Sandwiches. Yeah. But it's just like, I'm gay. Yeah. I kept looking at his, his, his hands. hands. Poor bastard. I know. <laughs> the arthritis. Yeah. Poor bastard. He's brilliant in this film. Oh. And I don't watch enough of him in films because i think he makes some really bizarre choices at times he was he was in some underworld films wasn't he yeah and that's underworld the vampire not underworld the knicker Coronation <laughs> street and he was in the the golem something around limehouse golem limehouse golem in which he which played a gay detective actually. oh did he oh. yeah it just looked like an itv1 drama it was which oddly ties into this film because it's directed by a theater director mm. who doesn't have a visual style and you know how much i love to see a director with a visual style i like to see a visual voice kubrick uh martin scorsese paul verhoeven Mm -hmm. uh you know i like to see a visual style and either this guy didn't care about a visual style or he was trying to find his feet with a visual style but by using very old tricks um but there's only one section i thought ah that was a really interesting choice. And that's when they're first phoning this mining village and the, the phone is in the foreground and in the background yeah. is an open door for this, this church hall. And it's ringing and that woman who was Men like, are, where are my lesbians? Yeah. Walking up. And I thought, are they going to cut back and forth between the shop where they're phoning from in London, the gays, the word, or, and, and, and this. No, no, they leave it for the whole thing. And it's so funny. Yeah. It's hilarious. And she just picks up, hello. <laughs> And they say on her, and he goes, all right. <laughs> it's brilliant. But I think that's part of the, the part of what makes the film work is that 
it's kind of Ken Loachian in in terms of visuals. It doesn't. It just lets the story tell itself. It mm. just lets it breathe. It doesn't mess around. There's a great shot where um, Lisa Palfrey's character is the the kind of the evil woman. She's walking down the street, bitching with her two friends, and one of her friends says something. Oh, I'm just worried about the children or something. Yeah. And then suddenly you just see that she just walked she off walked down off, the street. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you, Marjorie. It's great. Yeah. It's so well, funny. It's just. It's just- cowardly <laughs> you can't make a comment like that and then when the Mella Stoughton or yeah. like the character she's playing calls you out on it then you know stay in and defend your bullshit don't mm-hmm. just walk away and she's like way way <laughs> down the road while they're talking she's, she's like she's center frame because yeah. I noticed that this morning I had to you know you, you can you can scrub back on Netflix uh-huh. goes back 50 seconds I was like She's just the bitch walked off. <laughs> it's literally center frame, and it's it's the thing you're looking at while you're listening to. Me. That's yeah. that's pretty decent. That's yeah, that's cool. I loved Andrew Scott in this film. He plays uh, Gethin, John. Oh Finn's yes, partner. yes. Um, eyebrows, bad guy from um, bad guy Spectre. from Sherlock. And Spectre. Oh, and Spectre. And Spectre as well. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he comes yeah. on screen, you just think, yeah, he's got evil eyebrows. But in this. He did so much with so little. Yes. Like he had, he probably had the, the screen to himself for a total of like a minute or two minutes, like when he wasn't sharing it with somebody else. Yeah. And he just was brilliant. Like when they stand up and sing their song and he's Welsh and he listens to the song and you can tell he's thinking about the family that he ran away from. Did you not, did you not like that scene? <sighs> it was too much. Uh, <laughs> it was too much. I it, it was just like... enough. It was too much. It was like like they were all pitched. I mean, I get it. He he was he's brilliant in that film. Mm. Like, and it's all in the eyes. Like, if he had the most moist eyes I've ever <laughs> seen, because he was constantly glassy eyed and teary. And and yeah. I think you know if you can if you could do a lot with your eyes, then you are a a, a phenomenal actor. And and obviously his worry is that he has to now go back. He has to confront the the whales that he's run away from and. His, it's like I was saying about expectation. It's kind of reversed. He expected the miners to be like, no, fuck off. But they weren't. So it kind of gave him the confidence to go speak to his mum. He goes speak to his mum. The woman doesn't have a single line in the entire film. No, she doesn't. She has two scenes and she just comes in and kind of looks around like, oh, Maybe she's a mute. Around, That's why she hasn't spoken to him in 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> but that singing scene was too much. Oh. Because that that was more theatre to me than, than film. Like, when have you ever sung perfectly in unison with oh no with your friends what are you playing i was gonna play the song that's are we talking about a different scene no it's this song here it is it's just too much it's lovely she's got a lovely voice she's got a lovely voice but yeah. But they all start singing in unison and perfectly harmonising. Yeah, but they've been singing it their whole life, haven't they? <sighs> it's just, too, it's just too, you know me, it's just too much, too sentimental. Too like, much. For, for a film that has such a, a quiet, um, subtle coming out scene, they have this big, we are a community scene. Yeah. They could have had that, you know, sandwiches. Just <laughs> always sandwiches. Well, shit sandwiches as well, just butter. If <laughs> they were poor, it was the mining strikes. They had money for booze every fucking oh, night. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's another thing. I didn't get the the immediate danger, the peril that the miners were in. 
you know, we all know our history. The, the government were crushing them. They were, they, were, they were cutting their benefits, so they couldn't afford. They were trying to starve the miners back to work. Mm. But this film didn't go hard enough with how, how rotten it was for them. Because they had enough money to constantly go back to London. They were going to fucking London every weekend for shopping trips. <laughs> they were going to, you know, gay bars and, yeah. you know, how'd you get into that, that, that suit? Uh, it was like, talcum powder. <laughs> Oh, Lily of the Valley, I yeah. use. <laughs> <laughs> so they had all that money. It just, it didn't give me enough peril. I wanted to see some something more than a, a, one boarded up building and a bus with the door falling off. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you, you see lots of donations, like tins and stuff coming in. Yeah. But yeah, there isn't a huge sense of actual strife and actual kind of what happens with these, these, these men who can't work. Um, you don't really see... How, how much they struggle and how much they put on their family when you know with all of the the emotional guilt that they feel about yeah. not being able to work and all this stuff um the film yeah even though i love this film I, I think it's great and it tells a really interesting story it's not it doesn't fill in the blanks quite as much as you would like maybe yeah. and it tries to be a bit too uplifting to be realistic but it concentrates on the gay struggle brilliantly yeah. yes it does yeah it just doesn't give us too much or enough of or anything much of the minor struggle yeah there was one thing that really stood out for me in regards to the, the kind of the gay struggle and it was people who supposedly really care about you and love you giving you really bad advice so joe's mum when she finds out that he's gay she kind of goes into his room and he's an emotional mess and she says that he won't have a family and he'll have to keep secrets from work and yeah. he'll not be able to live a proper full life. And it's like, just wait 10 years, sunshine. <laughs> well, maybe not even 10 years. But she doesn't know that at the time. And I mean, I guess that was a real, a real worry, a real fear yeah. that yes, my child will be lonely and, and will be, you know, a really miserable bugger, mm. but it's obviously born out of her ingrained homophobia. Yeah. And I, th there was a lovely little touch where, um, you know, when when Joe's parents find out his dad is the one screaming in the background, and that was quite a that was quite a filmic moment where it's all blurred. The focus is off, so it's not kind of throwing it in your face that his dad's yelling at him. The focus is actually yeah, off. But no, then later just... on, when he decides to leave the house and yeah. get out, it's the dad who's like Joe, yeah, and is the one who's like shit. Actually, what have we done? Yeah, and that tight perm never suited you. Oh, brilliant! You had to, you had to have a catty gay put down before you leave out and leave the house. He was really sweet. He reminded me of the orphan Oliver. He's great. I love um, George McKay. The George McKay. Never, I don't know. I've never seen this guy before. He's also in Sunshine on Leith, which is the kind of the musical. It's a musical. Okay, yeah. that's probably why it hasn't come um, on my radar. He was also in Captain Fantastic, which is a great film. Which is Viggo Mortensen. Fuck me, he was! He's the kid who can do yoga really good. Fuck me, yes! He's got such a kind of plasticine face. He just changes in every film. Yes, he was him. Mm. George he McKay, was, great. But he was American in that film. The character so, was. I mean, yeah. They, they can do their accents and stuff, Rob. I know that, but... <laughs> <laughs> is not really from Swansea. Um, going back to the lady who was, you know, the villain of the piece. She was also a one-note character. There was no, there was no depth. She was, and literally at one point, she was peering through her her uh, curtains, looking at the people, looking at everyone having fun over the road, and then goes and phones the newspaper, but like, I've, I'm in a call box, I haven't got that long. 
Yeah, and she never really gets a comeuppance. Like her her comeuppance is when Bill Nye's character says um, that her husband would never have wanted this to happen, and to, meaning that she was rejecting the young people who are trying to help yeah. her community. Um, so her, yeah, that's kind of her little bit of comeuppance is that. But you never actually see her really coming full circle or changing or anything. She's just this kind of immovable, cold ice pick who just doesn't want anything to do with it. There was a couple of characters that were kind of like that, apart from her and Mark Ashton. Some of the background characters were just there for show, like Freddie Fox. Is yeah. it Freddie Fox? Yeah, getting his hair done. Getting his hair done. Some of the, the female characters... Some of those people in the the LGSM were sort of pushed to the back, and they weren't really given much of a story. And I just wonder if they just concentrated on just a few less characters, they'd be able to give them an arc, and it would feel a little bit more satisfying. Yeah, I think the film was kind of going for a Ken Loach thing, where it wasn't necessarily about the grand narrative. It wasn't about characters, um, kind of going through great huge changes i think it was more like a an observation of an environment Mm. and things and what happens in that environment maybe that's not being fair to ken loach films but um but i yeah i don't think mm, yeah maybe the film bit off a bit more than it could chew with such a huge cast of characters and i think it's great the film comes out so well considering how much is going on and how many characters there are yeah did you get like a warm fuzzy feeling at the end when all the miners turned up of course, yeah. yeah. And that really happened. That's the great thing yeah, about it. Yeah, but not it. in that way. I mean, they knew they were coming. And then, and they, I love the guy running around with his little radio. Yeah, like that ever happened. Yeah. Pride. You know, at Pride, you have to apply to be part of the parade. You can't just turn up. Really? Yeah. You have to be part of an organisation. You have to be... Well, you can... Yeah, I guess you have to be affiliated to a an organisation or, or apply in advance to actually be part of the parade. Mm. And it's up to the committee whether you get in or not. What's hilarious as well about Pride is every year it seems to move closer and closer to having banners by, like, UKIP. Like, there's a, there was a conservative... Which is fine. I mean, I guess so, Which but... Which is fine, and they were banned one year. But do they really support gay rights? There's certain fractions within these um, political parties that, yeah, claim to be for... Uh, the gays. LGBT people, hmm. and they have LGBT plus members. But the fact with Pride you have to, you know, you are approved by the committee. It kind of goes against the the start of the Pride movement, which was people coming together organically. No one needed permission. Yeah. They didn't, They in fact, they, they it was against, you know, the Stonewall riots were against the fact that the police were rioting, were um, uh, raiding. The fact that police were raiding the, the, the bars and the clubs on a constant basis that, the, the drag queens and the gays and, and the lesbians and, and they all st- they all, all you know stood up to the police and that sort of trickled throughout the world and then within a year or two we had a pride parade in London and you didn't need permission like in the film the, the kid just you know Bromley just steps into mm. the parade mm. and I guess you could do that in, in smaller towns like in Brighton there's no barrier you can just get into the, the parade if you wanted to yeah. and in Leeds but you know I'm, I'm for for larger cities like London and Manchester, you need to have permission to go into the 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 parade, and I, I think that's a bit backwards. Well, is that why there's now kind of a backlash against Pride? Yeah, people think it's become way way too commercialized. Yeah, and I get that someone's got to pay. 
you got to pay for this <laughs> financially. Yeah. <laughs> I get that someone's got to pay financially because those events are not cheap. You know, it is a outdoor festival that takes place in the streets of Manchester, in the streets of London, San Francisco, well, the heart or of London. Yeah, in the heart of London. You know, it closes down the big shopping streets, but mm. the fact that these large companies like Barclays and Starbucks are so insistent on being visible is both a positive and a negative thing. Negative because it's clear they're just taking advantage of the fact that they can have this free advertising and they can pay these, you know, for example, these YouTube influencers. Mm -hmm. Like Tom Daly attended his first... We like to talk about Tom Daly (laughs) on this podcast. It just, he annoys me because he attended his first london pride his first pride ever and he made a big thing saying i had i'm coming to pride he was paid by barclays to be there he was on their float Mm. he was in their branded t-shirts he posted out a picture of him on the float with his branded t-shirt saying thanks to barclays for helping me be at pride or some shit i'm paraphrasing and then there's other youtube influencers who marched with stoke with um starbucks and it Mm. was just it was just an advertisement for starbucks Mm. so there's that negative side where you feel they're they're making money and they're jumping on the backs of all the people that have struggled to make this possible all the people that have died all the people who had shitty lives so we can have brilliant lives but the positive side is even 10 15 years ago these companies would not have wanted to have been associated with us so now they see it as a positive but could they do it in a way that's not so inauthentic Mm. I'm waiting for Kevin Spacey to turn up at Pride this year. I think that's going to be amazing. (laughs) Come on, Kevin. He won't be turning up to anything. (laughs) For a long time. Kaiser Soze is dead. So that was Pride directed by Matthew Walkers. Come and join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews and your film recommendations to at Pod. even if you're listening to this way in the future. Joshua. And if you like what you're listening to, please consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And share, share, share. Share and share alike, as Cher likes to say on her Share album. Ooh. We're off to shop at Gaze the Word. Yeah, we are. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut. Cut. <laughs>